0: Welcome to our All in Wonder AAC podcast. We're in series two leaders and changemakers, and we have a leader and a changemaker today, Lauren Enders, who's joining us. We're so excited. I'm Sarah Kinsella. And I'm Brenda Del Monte. And we're and here. And I'm Lauren where-
1: Enders. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there is. There's Lauren Enders. Gonzalez. I know.
1: We're, I'm actually starting to tack on the Gonzalez. So oh, I got married no. right before. Yeah, so I got married right before the world closed and then social security was closed forever. So oh my I never did anything about my name and then and then it gets hard after a while. So I, I so think you gonna I would be
2: Gonzalez. Lauren Enders Gonzalez or just Lauren Gonzalez?
1: I would like to just be Lauren Gonzalez. Okay. That would be, awesome. that would be the ideal situation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But okay. It might take some time, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, so Lauren. Well,
0: congratulations.
1: Thank congratulations. You. Okay.
0: So Lauren Gonzalez, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So Lauren, will you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Everybody who we all know you, we all see you. We see you on social media. We see all these amazing things you're posting and all your conferences and trainings. Um, You're just amazing. But tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got here Or or what you do. What else?
1: Kind of, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, so I I was under, in undergrad, I was undeclared. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Hmm. And I was encouraged by my parents to take an aptitude test at the library, at the community oh. college. Nice. Wow. So I was okay. already in, I was, I was like at uh, the end of my sophomore year and I had no idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what came up? Speech language pathology.
0: No way. That's amazing. Wow. That's rare. So I was just okay.
1: (laughs) I'm happy it was on there. Then it got it got more complex because I was at University of Delaware and they did not have a program. Mm -hmm. And I liked it there. So I ended up in this strange situation, which probably was good. Um I was able to jump into this program called the Dean Scholar Program, where they took all the regular breadth requirements that you would need you know usually have for any major mm-hmm. and they dismissed those and then you find advisors who are closest to what you want and you make you make your own major. Oh wow. Well, that was that what I did out. undergrad.
0: That worked yeah. out well for you.
1: Yeah, and then I went to the University of Pittsburgh for my master's.
0: <laughs> okay. 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 And then, yeah. What, what about after that? What did you, what was your.
1: Well, I thought, (laughs) I thought before I started that adult neuro sounded like the right thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I was in Pittsburgh, I was fortunate to have all different kinds of practica. So I had, you know, hospital, inpatient, outpatient, school, special school. I had, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, and I realized I was a different person after I worked with kids with physical disabilities who needed assistive technology.
3: Mm-hmm. I, was
1: a, I was a completely different, I was like so energized from that. So cool. when I graduated, the first thing I did was ask for, uh, that population. And when I got my job, they're like, okay,
0: yes, please. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So that's
0: schools. Your your that your first job.
1: Yeah. So I have been in the schools the whole time, and I um, trying to think. I was with one inter in Pennsylvania. Our regional service agencies are called intermediate units, and I was with one particular intermediate unit from the time I graduated from Pitt until two thousand two, maybe two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came to the Bucks County intermediate unit and they initially didn't have an AT position. Oh. So I was doing, so I just, I had a class, I had a you know bunch of kids on, uh, 3,100s back in the 2000s. Uh-huh. Um, but the most interesting thing I think is that, um, I was going through, did you ever do young authors when you were a kid where you like, Make books. Our, our school, oh, we yeah. had something called Young Authors. And yeah, we, would, like, yeah. we would write these books and then we would publish them promise. with contact paper on the outside. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So my book from first grade um, is called The Dog Who Couldn't Bark, and it's wow. basically about how somebody teaches this dog to bark. It's very, or I taught. I, I don't. It was just completely weird when I realized after the fact, like. <laughs>
0: That's sort of wow! Wow, that's so neat. That's amazing. Do you still have it? You do. (laughs) We, yeah, Yeah. that is that might be fun to see.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Lauren, we are we're asking everyone, and maybe this happened in your practicum, or maybe it happened in one of your first few jobs. Um, is there a particular student in your career or throughout you know this process? And obviously, every student particularly has taught us something, but. Has, is there a particular student who inspired you to kind of do more that contributed to your why, so to speak? We like everyone has been able to tell us a little story about Junior or Susie or somebody that was like, "Hmm, that was one that is going to stick with me
1: for a minute." Well, I think the challenge with me is how many of them there are. Yeah, I know. Mm. I know. I think um, yeah, that
3: too. Because
1: if I'm thinking about it now. I, I had the good fortune, um, to, I've been a consult, a full-time consultant since 2008. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had the good fortune to be assigned a student in 2020 in the fall,
3: 2020 or 2021. During COVID during
1: COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being just one of the best things that ever happened because I'm still a consultant, but I can use all the things that I talk about. I can kind of actually see what works better, what doesn't. Um, so, if you had asked me this over the years, I would have given you different people. Yeah. <laughs> right. What about way, what about way back in the beginning? In the beginning,
2: maybe okay. one of the first people who kind of made you go,
1: "I love this. I love this AT stuff." Ah, oh, that's easy. So uh, in the very beginning, I, one of my practicas was at the, what used to be called the Rehab Institute of Pittsburgh,
2: okay, mm-hmm.
1: which is a center-based school for kids with physical and cognitive disabilities. Sure. So, mm-hmm. and my supervisor, my clinical supervisor, uh, she did a lot of AT. Mm-hmm. That was it. <laughs> it was just like, you know, I was, what well, I, at the time I had we were working with the students, so it was Pittsburgh. We were working with the students who were on the brochure for Toby Dynavox because you know it was all oh. it just happened to be in Pittsburgh. Sure. Yeah. Um, but then also, you know, I'm in PRC land and um, you know, we yeah. so I got to I got to see um, you know, all different systems, different kinds of kids, different kinds of um disabilities and etiologies. Um but I kind of figured out that I loved, loved the AAC and the AT, not just, mm-hmm. not just AAC. i have like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty nerdy. It's pr- pretty much anything that's techy and
0: makes mm-hmm. life easier. I'm good. All of it. Do you remember,
1: um,
2: um kids that were super low ball that like came in there like, oh, I don't think they can do anything. And then you gave them the technology and proved them wrong.
1: I wouldn't say that while well, I was a grad student I do because um, you know I was just kind of walking into it and the you know the clinical supervisor was the one that was already their therapist. Yeah. Um, but man, does that happen all the time?
0: Yeah, I know. So I mean, you, did did you kind of develop the AT role in where you in your district where you're consulting? The,
1: that's a good question. Yeah. So when I was in Delaware County Intermediate, my previous intermediate unit experience from 1995 to 2002, um, always was interested in AT. I was always learning it and using it, and I mean, I was just that was clearly part of me. But um, in 2000, in 2000, I was given an opportunity to join. The staff development AT team, part time, mm-hmm. and be a speech therapist the other part. Okay. Oh, nice. So yeah. I got an AT mentor, Susan Gill, who was she was amazing. Um, and I
0: got to shadow her for two years. Oh wow, wow, that's neat. So that was an established practice they had: is you're new to this, you got a a mentor. <clears throat>
1: Or how many? I mean, I I don't know if that was always the way that it worked. Um, but I, I don't fine. know. I don't. I yeah. don't
2: know. Yeah, I love that because we've been talking a lot, it, both in on the podcast and outside of the podcast, the difference between training staff and actually providing mentorship, right? Like how to edit a button, and then actually how to do everything else in the whole career, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so, very different. They are. So what did the mentorship, um, look like for you? What did that service delivery model look
1: like? I literally just, I followed her around. Yeah. And I, you know, eventually took over things and it was coaching. Yeah. Which No mm-hmm. works. So, yeah. um, and she's, you know, she's incredibly bright and, you know, very, very, um, capable in terms of all, all of the AT. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had, um, and interestingly, the, the person who's on my team now in Bucks County, Bill Ziegler, he was very close friends with Susan because they had the same jobs in different counties. So I actually met Bill when I was 25 because he would come up to Delaware County IU. Mm-hmm. So I, it, I kind of have been in this, this AT Yeah. For my Mm -hmm. whole career. So what
2: what, did she tell you what to do or did she let you figure stuff out and fail right in front of her? Like what, what, what was the balance there? (laughs) She didn't tell me what to do. So you had to try stuff, even if she, so the, the, the restraint for her was not going, that's not going to work. She just let you try stuff and learn from that.
1: Yeah. Now, I, fortunately for me, I had been working with kids who needed AT and been doing a lot of that stuff as a speech therapist for, right. for uh, several years at that point.
2: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know, for, I guess, 95 to 2000. So yeah, five years. So like, I, I had mm-hmm. some experience. Well, sure. That. Yeah, you mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but I did plenty of things wrong. And I would say that I did things wrong last year or this year. Yeah,
2: that's how we know. We talked about how much more we learn from our, ooh, that didn't work. Then then we luck out and it works on the first try. We didn't learn that much from that experience, but it's not a comfort zone that most people have, um, especially as speeches that come out of, um, you know, kind of type A personality pieces where perfection is expected. So um, you have to kind of fight that when you're trying stuff nobody's ever tried before. And you're seeing people with diagnosis who's never lived this long with that before. And we've never seen this level of degeneration in this age of person and all that are little medical miracles. And now we've never seen this body and this brain at this age at this time. And so there's not a lot of, um, oh, all the other people, kids, children, students like them do this. So you have to kind of be able to MacGyver some things. I know that um, I first knew of you um, back in the um, right when the iPad was coming out and um, for AAC and you had like the most extensive Pinterest I'd like ever seen on the history of the planet. You probably still do. Mm -hmm. I don't go on Pinterest as much.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, it's still there. Um, It is not at all up to date, which makes me crazy. (laughs) Um, but I, I only have so many hours in the day. So, um, but
2: you know, this is the thing is that what you did was like people like me that were like, okay, I got to figure out a stylist and it's got to have these features or, you know, this is the grasp, this is the grip, this is the, this is the button size, like even little, little things like that, that are very specific. Like, I don't need two of these. I literally, this is this one kid needs something, this really dialed in, then I, instead of just. Googling iPad stylist, I could go through and you had like vetted like what they were, how to get, how to get them with, I mean, everything that I hadn't even thought of that were accessories or, or possible accessories to accessing the iPad and then switch access to the iPad has changed over every iOS update, frankly. And, um, you also had information about that. And I remember, um, you and Jane Farrell, who we are, who we also had on the podcast was like, I would go on hers and find out what are switch activated apps, but what are switch, um, you know, adapted apps. This is before switch control on the iPad. And then I'd go on yours and be like, okay, so, but what can I do? You know, what are other little pieces I can do? And, um, I, what I loved about what you did and what Jane did is that you made that accessible to the rest of us. There wasn't, I mean... I didn't pay anything to go to see all your stuff. I mean, you just made that stuff. Like, I know this and I think other people need to
1: know this. And here it is. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of, it came out of, it it sort of also came out of, um, I kept trying other ways to do, you know, I ended up being the one who knew about iPad cases for AAC. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And I actually, at that point, when the iPad first came out, I wrote to all the companies and I had, I had them all for free from from the companies, hmm. all the different cases. So then I could actually say what they were like. And, right. um, it, it just, but what, ha- what would happen is people would say, well, what's the best case? And if I was trying to keep a spreadsheet updated, it was outdated as soon as right. it's yeah. old. So at the time, Pinterest was new and I was yeah. like, this seems like it could work. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, it was, it wasn't a great, uh, it was far from a great time in my life personally. So that's what I did to,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, just Give yeah. you some extra time and you put well, that. Yeah. Time and you just can also use. that use. I'm very externalized. I'm a person who like, if I can make somebody's life better or help yeah. or, that's right. my true happiness right so in the feedback that I would get that I was helping all these people that yeah. would just spur me to to
0: to do more yeah and it's and it's a product sometimes we don't in our we don't always get to see a product and be like here it is I'm I'm done with this and you know it's like we we work with long-term gains often so that's kind of nice to have that here it is you know Lauren I was thinking a lot of those things like you said they, they because technology changes so quickly. It's like, "Ah, I gotta update that whole thing. And and here we are now with the the latest whatever, but the things that you don't always put on Pinterest, right? That we can't just easily post and share with people are some of these like guiding principles around technology and working with students and um, the things that that are harder to kind of wrap up in, in a picture or a word, but I know that since you know, you've know you started, and like you said, you've spent your whole career in the schools and there must be so much that has, is the same and is consistent from the day you started working to now, um, that what are some of those guiding principles that, you know, regardless- of haven't changed
2: regardless of the
1: advancement in technology, these things are still true. Um, I think from, from the beginning, while, you know, certainly viewpoints and, you know, there's, there's, there's ebbs and flows and and things change, but I think ultimately one of the things that maybe kind of drove me in this direction is I'm a person with, who feels pretty strongly that, that people are people. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty upsetting to me if, if somebody was treated as less of a person, whether it was, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but I saw that it happened with disabilities too, and that there were, you know, incredibly low expectations mm-hmm. of, of folks. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'd say that is the same that I have. I feel like I've always maintained that they had, that I, you know, I have higher expectations. Um mm-hmm. Although I think they've gotten higher,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. As I've gotten older and more experienced, um, just today <laughs> I went to a, to work with a little guy. Um, he's been using AAC for a couple of years, but it's you know kind of s- stagnant. Um, and I was like, you know, let's just let's just try this, and I took my iPad with a 96 location user. And I took Canva. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Your fave. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I just had him kind of say, well, I was like, what do you like? You know, and then I was like, oh, you know, there's in this, in this talker, there's lots of animals. So then I went into the animals and it was, it was something that I had programmed and I grew up watching PBS and nature programs. So Mm -hmm. a lot of animals in there. Um, but he, so he would say something and then I'd be like, what you need. So then I would go in and we would find it on, on Canva and we'd blow it up. And then I'd make it huge. And I'd be like, Oh, that's that's humongous. That's humongous. That's giant. And then I was like, well, should we leave it like that? And he, he touched tiny, but Mm -hmm. this is so I had this full conversation with this child who, um, you know, I don't know that other, I don't, I feel like I have learned to really kind of up the ante in terms of, you know, where to go. Yeah. I think that, I think, I think it's a student that I might've maybe five years ago, I might've put a 60 location
0: in front Mm. of him. Right.
1: So you give him. Yeah. Not that he couldn't do that. But it was just kind of like, I just had this, you know, there's just like little mm. gut and yeah, he was giggling and like, he, it was adorable. It, it was there's a, adorable.
0: There's a few things about that, Lauren, that you talked about that kind of stand out. I mean, one is that, you, like you're saying, you're kind of upping your expectations. So you gave him more vocabulary than maybe you would have thought about. You also were following his lead, right? That was all about Completely. what you to talk about. And Mm -hmm. I know that activity that you're talking about sort of because I went to one of your classes at I think ATAA and, Mm -hmm. and you did that and you blow up the animal and it's like, what can they, the animal be holding? And that's when I fell in love with Canva Canva, watching you talk about that. Whatever, yeah. Whatever the, whatever he said, he said he wanted a tiger. Oh,
1: what what kind of tiger? And then, and then we were talking about the size and we're blowing it up huge. And then he is giggling, but it's, I think people, people vastly, vastly underestimate um, the difference between following a child and trying to get a child to say what you want them to say. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's actually standing in it's standing in the way of the field at the mm-hmm. moment.
0: That's, I agree. Yeah. And, and that is also standing in the way of that child's progress. Right. And that we're working on that teaching and our testing and not teaching and connection and all of that and what I also love about that story is that you're also modeling for that class the teacher or the para whoever you were with yeah and that that particular it was it was an SLP
1: in that in that instance um, who I've had the chance to work with before and I was thrilled because she was jumping right she she got it she just you know she Mm -hmm. completely got it and and then that's really invigorating for me I, I really think that Maybe part of this whole external type of thing. One of the things that I enjoy most is somehow I'm a lot of people's unofficial mentor. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And and like in different different countries because people find me on on. Yeah. People wow, find yes. me on Facebook.
0: Um. So that's something I really really enjoy. Is that um, amazing? Yeah. Well, and, and I love that, you know, you're doing this with the student and you started the whole thing saying, what do you, let's try this, right? You're modeling, like, it's okay. You didn't come in there saying, I know that we're going to do this activity. It's going to work, but you're letting that person, that SLP. I didn't think work. I was going to do that. Right. Right.
1: I had my iPad out because I said to him, I was like, I have my talker with me. Is it, is it okay if I use my talker too? And he's like,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so cute. <laughs> um <laughs> So I really wasn't intending to do that, but as I watched how accurate he was and how quick he was, I was thinking, "Wait a minute! <laughs> like, I think this is beyond anything that I, that." Yeah, that I I thought. I mean, even even me who has significantly higher expectations than a lot of folks, it's like wait. <laughs> um, so it was pretty exciting. You know,
2: this comes to mind though, something that we've talked about privately learned and that is that um, in some ways we kind of hope that impl- AAC implementation is in its infancy and that we actually don't have all the guiding practices because the best practices, I guess, established yet because we continue to find things that we're like, oh, yeah, the way we were doing it is getting data points, but it's not authentic communication. Like we're, we're re-looking at the, what at some of what we may have thought initially was best practice and realizing it's not. Hand over is a really good example of that. <laughs> people that can, people have, that have thought all along that hand over hand was a really good practice. And, and we're coming, we're, we're coming back around to the research from 25 years ago, right? That's a, that does never proven that that was what we should do. But What do you think about um, where we're at in the field and what do we, do you think that we have a handle on best practices for
1: AAC implementation? I think those of us that are in it up to our necks, I think we do, Okay. Um, but I don't think that we have successfully been able to transfer that knowledge to all the people that need it. Agreed. And I think there's a lot of barriers that get in the way. Yes. Um, yeah. The, I, I just did a, a session on Wednesday. Um, I think my my thought at this point is that the biggest barrier is that until until folks can get get past the mindset that you are trying to uh, get that person to say what you think they should say. Mm-hmm that we're not going at, like, it, it's, we're not, we're not going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> because, because, you know, people don't like to be told what to do. Right. And then people who have less control than, than somebody with maybe a typical, um, you know, physical abilities, mm-hmm. then it's even worse because they're, they're probably controlled because they have to be, they kept safe or whatever. Um, so you, you have somebody with already reduced control mm-hmm. that you are, trying to control their language. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes really badly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, really mm-hmm. badly. But then the the perception is that it's the individual. Right. They're right. just not learning. Right. AAC. Um so you know I the way that I presented it in my session was it until we can get out of this mindset that you know, you're going in and you are trying to teach them to say these specific words and, you know, this word in this situation, that is this until we can get out of that, mm-hmm. um, that I, I think it's going to continue to go slow and stall and do all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, So what,
2: what do you think is the, is a step in the right direction there? Cause I do, I do, um, training for staff as well. And, you know, they want to test what the child knows using the AAC device. That's kind of like the plan. I even had a special ed director one time say, um, when do they graduate from their AAC device and just get to take the tests on the Chromebook? That was the question. And I was like, what? Like, those are not even in the same... Domain, like mm-hmm.
0: where, what, how are, what are you yeah, finding so is a better I, I way think, of
1: thinking Well, I think that's part of a bigger overall mindset issue. Is yeah. that that differences are bad? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that what we want is is neurotypical um, typical body, like that, that's what we're good. That's the ideal. And that we're always trying to work towards that for some, you know, that's until we kind of grasp that individuals with different abilities or different that they, they, everybody is contributing something. I mean, there, there are things, um, about me that are, I think are pretty irritating, but I think out of the same, you know, whatever causes that, I think that makes me really good at other things, right? Right. That I probably wouldn't be as good at. Right. So right. I think um, in, until we are stop trying to fix people, mm-hmm. and we start trying to empower people, mm-hmm. I think we've got we've got some work to do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so when you're when you're with a team and you're in that kind of situation, um, kind of yeah, well. This, this student's just kind of not, you know, there's, they can't do it. They're not reliable. They're yeah. Not, they're well, not, they, they can't you, get the answer. What right. are some, um, what works for, you know, kind of getting through to that team? I mean, we know you can get through to the, the students, right? We just talked mm-hmm. about that.
1: Well, I would say that sometimes I'm really successful and sometimes I'm not.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I can think of two situations, similar situations that happened recently. Um, One, the student had been, um, he'd had AAC since he was really little. He has apraxia of speech, Um, you know, bright kiddo, his mouth just doesn't do what what he wants it to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Awesome kid. And I, he really pretty much was refusing to use AAC. Mm-hmm. And I realized that unless we can get this kid to buy into the power of AC, it doesn't matter what we give him. Right. He's not, he's, he's not going to yeah. do it. What? So right. I, yeah. in the set meeting, I actually kind of launched into a, like a mindset training. Um mm-hmm. And talked about the fact that you know the idea here is so that he can say whatever he wants to say when he wants to say it, or not say what he doesn't <laughs> what he doesn't, right. want to say, he doesn't want to Equally say. It. And that's, piece that's But but people are instead looking at if I asked you to say this and you don't say it, that you're non compliant. Right. Right. So when it's, when it's looked at, so I was, I was trying to show them the difference between a compliance-based, um, effort and Mm -hmm. one where we're really focusing on, um, empowering and, and giving them communicative autonomy Mm -hmm. and trying to make, you know, I was giving specific examples of, of kind of both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. And then I said, um, you know, I believe that uh, that there is no question that that he can do this and he can do this very well. Mm-hmm. But if we can't get this right here, that you know the age he's at, um if we if we make this a job a demand, if it's uh, we, we could potentially have a pretty tough situation right. where we're it's gonna
2: uphill battles from here,
1: yeah, yeah. right. Um, but fortunately this was a team that, I mean, the team, the family, everybody was just kind of like, okay. And so we, the first thing the speech therapist did was she brought the student and his friends which I had suggested down to the speech therapy room. And all they did for a whole session is come up with slang that they all used. And that was Mm -hmm. the only thing I put on that system initially. How'd that go? Great. I mean, I didn't know what any of that stuff meant, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. um, They do. But I was just realizing that we've just gotten this all wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this, we need the buy in first. We need to have him Mm -hmm. understand the power. Why would he even want to do this if, if all it's like, oh, say this, say this, answer this, like, Right. I mean, um, so it worked great in that situation. I was in another meeting recently where a particular parent, um, she really hadn't left that mindset that the the, the goal was to, um, and obviously she loves her, her child dearly. It's it's not a matter of, you know, Mm -hmm. lack of education or it's just, it's a mindset, but she was not able to go beyond the fact that really what the goal, the goal is, is that he behaves.
0: Right. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: this is a child on the spectrum and right.
0: Yeah. We but, see that. Right.
3: Yeah.
1: But the, the, what the whole thing was about in the parent's mind was to control his behavior to control what language came out of his mouth to you know mm-hmm. all of that stuff sure. and you know I don't I don't blame you know that, that it's we we're not kind of taught this stuff as we mm-hmm, as we just grow right. up you know so mm-hmm. but in that particular case um you know in the initial meeting I, I wasn't able to do a whole lot um uh you know the kinds of things that we ended up talking about exploring um, I
0: know won't work hmm yeah so yeah. what did you do what
1: well they what were just talking do? about they you know they were talking about solutions that can work and I, I won't go into specifics but they were what the the team was deciding was that it was um you know solutions that will work in specific environments sure um mm-hmm. and I was very quick to say that I was concerned about that because Mm -hmm. um, we're going to run into a problem, you know, in the future when, when we're, you know, when when he's in an environment and he doesn't, he doesn't have access to whatever that was that we put in place because it doesn't work in that, in that uh, setting or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I have learned from my student that I have as a speech student now Is that you cannot force or bully or strong arm anybody into doing anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't because they're just going to resent you. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though you think that, you you know, you're on your, you're going in there and you're, you're fighting the good fight and you're going to, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because if they don't perceive it that way, then basically it's, it's them against you rather Mm -hmm. than you making any kind of positive impact. And I learned that because I had such an opportunity with the student being mine. And then I get to work in her home and I get to work with her parents. I really learned that I had to slow it down. I had to like, knock it off, you know, like all my high horse and, you know, you need this many buttons, and and was I right that she could use that many buttons? I sure was. Yeah. But if I had ignored the family and said no, no, you know, nine yeah. is not enough. Um, I couldn't have developed a relationship with the family where they actually trusted that that right. I had her best interests. Right. Um. So I think that. I've changed a lot in the last two years. Not yeah. that I, I don't think that I was, you know, somebody was, you know, forcing people to do things, but I, I, I yeah. think that in my head more was that sort of expert model thing where, yeah, you know, right. I, yeah, I, I'm, you I know mean. the things and that I right. share things with you. Um, but I think that we need to have a lot of grace in, in the way we do this. Um, and a lot of patience and, you know, maybe give them far fewer buttons than we think they're capable of. If that's what it's going to take to show the family that you're, you're in it with them.
0: Yeah. Right. So I was
1: thinking about
2: that too. Like we, we, you know, it's, it's not that much different than working with our kids, right? We're following the kids lead. So then the parents, this is where the parents are at. So we follow that lead, even though we know even though we know the kid can talk about more than elmo he wants to talk about elmo we're following that lead for right now even though the, we know the kid can do 84 buttons and the parents want to start with 9 we're following that lead too why because we're building trust because we don't get any we don't get past this and it becomes the hill you die on and yeah. it's not worth it it's not worth it so you you got to figure out what's worth the battle and what is what is actually going to be detrimental to long-term growth And then you go, we're following the lead of the team because then the team has ownership of what happens next. The team has investment and later the team realizes you were right, (laughs) but they're not going to know that now. They're not, they just can't know what they don't know. And so following their lead is something that's a really hard because we were often taught from the expert model. So that's the model we know. So mm-hmm. now it's like we are expected to teach in a model that maybe we haven't experienced as a student
1: before. No, I feel like I, it shouldn't have taken me till I was 51 to figure this out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's true that, and right. we learn from, we're learning from everything, right? And yeah, and that's, sometimes we're the barrier in in this, cr- staying creative and moving forward, but. And we talked but about on, some, a lot. Sometimes the SLP is the barrier. Yeah we're learning from it. I think it could be anybody. Yeah. core vocabulary, right? We're like, we know we need core vocabulary and that's become everything. And it's like, wait, we got to remember, oh, wait, there's also a student here. There's also XYZ that makes this situation, right? I think as long as we're we're mindful of these things and thinking, staying, right? Yeah. I think part of it
1: also is the evolution of the way we learn. So, when we learned about core vocabulary, I mean, it was this, you know, I learned from Gail, like she's amazing. And Mm -hmm. I, I wholeheartedly believe that she's, she's right. That we do need those words. It's very important. Um, When we learned about it though, it was sort of a black or white. Right. Right. Like this is what you do. Um, We didn't really have much of, you know, you might want to start with this. I mean, we knew right. we knew that some of the fringe stuff was important, but I don't think that we really got how important the beginning and buy-in mm-hmm. was.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. So, so I mean, in many many situations, we always, you know, oh, okay, we're going to go in, we're going to bring the device, we're going to have um, go, stop, want, and more. Right. And, but what what I try to explain now is. Those words don't mean anything yet until you can start modeling them in the midst of conversation about something exciting. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, so I fully believe that, that, you know, we need to be, um, we need to be able to have spontaneous novel utterance generation. We need to to be autonomous. We need to be, Mm -hmm. but I just think that we got a little, Too caught up for our own good where, it, you know, I believe that the best practices and the principles are really not different. I think that we just need to have a little bit of softness um, as we navigate it. Yeah. yeah there's, that- there's
2: gray and that's allowed. Yeah. Vacuum cleaner might be a core word for that kid. That's what I, right. yeah. <laughs> and because that's a core concept in his life and grace for all, for everyone where they're at in the process. And as yeah. opposed to coming in and saying, this is what the, re- this is what we know to be true. So I'm going to just, I'm going to, you know, we're doing right. this for all kids. And then again, that makes it easier at, for us that we have some plan that we're teaching all kids these words today or whatever, but but then they don't get to be autonomous. They don't get to have it student driven. They don't get to talk what they want, right? So it's like we, I think the, t- the, the pendulum swings back and forth quite a bit in the field and you mm-hmm. almost just have to be
0: old ladies like us to even know that. <laughs> well, I think some of that, because that, those are important concepts, right? And that's why they keep coming back and and right. we learn from people like Gail and we're, the, this yeah, is, important. yeah, I mean,
1: Gail is definitely one of my mentors. I mean, yeah, yes. I'm not suggesting that, you know, not at all, not, no, no, not, no. Not, not correct at all. It's just that I yes. think that it was, it was too black and white the way right. that I was looking at it before. Well, right.
0: that's the way we're looking at it, I agree. That's, that's why I brought it up too. I think um, we do have to maintain some flexibility and some creative thinking, but I think some of that comes with experience too. And that's where we can help people, you know, you Lauren are helping people who are newer or, or maybe don't have as much experience kind of start thinking about that black, that gray area. Right. And how, and how they can be flexible and have the confidence to try some, you know, um, look at it, look at things in a different way sometimes. Right.
1: Right. I think one of the best things you can do is make people feel that they can do it. So if you can kind of, engineer a situation where you kind of start this follow their lead thing and then it yeah. just kind of rolls and they see exactly what can happen. You can't refute data in front of you. You can't refute right. video. You can't refute right. real
0: life stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, good point. Yeah. Good point. I'm wondering at the
2: end of your career, in what areas do you hope that you've made the biggest impact? You and What advice do you have people in the field to help grow
1: forward? Um, I hope that I feel at the end of my career that I have done enough. Mm -hmm. You know, with, with, you know, I feel that I'm fortunate that I've, I've been able to go this route and, and learn such a, um, a targeted area of our field Mm -hmm. and I kind of feel responsible as mm-hmm. one of the few people that really does try to stay on top of, you know, what are our best practices? Mm-hmm. What are, you know, I, I I just want to know that, like, you know, that I feel like I did what I could to teach other people, mm-hmm. um, but as a mentor and support, not as, I don't want to just be this you know, presenter who just goes around. And yeah, I want to be an encourager and a Mm -hmm. cheerleader more so than just a Mm -hmm. presenter. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what advice do you have for people? And, you know, I, I, I think, you know, we're in similar ages and I think I want people coming into the field now to know what I know. I don't want them to get to my age, you know what I know, because we'll never move the field forward. So let me, let me get you up to speed. <laughs> Even though you're 30, let me get you up to speed so that when you're 50, you know, 20 years more than I know now. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you think we, what what advice do you have for, um, you know, your, to those that are wanting to move the field forward and including, you know, we're, we're not retiring you and me just yet. So like, what, what's the plan to help the move, move the field forward. Do you think?
1: Um, I think that we need to hone our strategies for being able to support shifting mindsets, um, really being able to illustrate You know why just because the mindset is is where the way it's always been it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that's what it should be and to be able to truly illustrate to have somebody really feel oh um and i think that in a lot of ways we we're going about it the wrong way um if you go about it as an instructional session Mm -hmm. yes um Where there's a teacher and there are students to learn. um, I think it's far better to go about it with storytelling and interaction. And well, what did you experience when you can kind of validate some of the stuff that they've experienced? Um, You know, I I could could be talking to a room full of power professionals. I'm thinking of one particular training. Uh, And I knew that um, the practices that were happening with some of these power professionals wasn't so great. Um, not because they're bad people or they didn't want to help the kids. They just didn't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I, unless I could kind of get them to the point where they trusted that I wasn't first of all, standing there and shaking my finger at them and telling them what they had to change. It was more like, can you believe, like, it was like, you know, did you ever have this happen? Like, yeah, it was trying to kind of make a connection, which is really, again, what we're trying to do overall is communication. So people can make connections. Right. You know,
0: I was just talking to um, someone who was my mentor, Barb Lark. We also interviewed on our podcast and she was just telling me that she's had some really good connections with some people, SLPs. And, and she said, it's more of a thought partner. I'm, I'm just a thought partner to kind of talked about things with and I love that term for something of for it, talking about what we what we do. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you described. It's can you believe yeah, but and, I will know. say this this viewpoint is pretty new for
1: for me. Mm-hmm. Um I I really think that I was subscribing to that sort of expert model for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. Because that was what I was encouraged to do. Like yeah you know it wasn't that I you know that I thought that I was spectacular. It was just, that was what it seemed like I was right. supposed to be doing.
0: Right. Um, we, well, and, and we're I think to be the experts in the IEP meetings and the experts with this and yeah. And I think you think, okay, I have, I have these people for this amount of time and I want to give them as much
2: information as I can. And what we realized is that um, you can do that and nothing sticks and you could actually teach one thing. If you could teach one thing that hit them between the eyes because you have the stories and you have the humanity and you're listening to how that would apply to them, to them and their particular student and their problem piece and their, their hard parent and their hard teacher and their hard, right? Once you've talked it all out, if they leave with one strategy that they can apply to all kids, it's better than leaving with 50 ideals that they they don't have a grasp on. And that's hard because we want to be, we want you to know it all as the instructor but it's not landing. That's not the way the sit and get isn't how it goes. Right. So it's like you get in there and you're like, I'm going to change my agenda and teach you less, but teach you better because we're going to make this personal. And as soon as it's personal, as soon as you identify, this is what's hard for me, then you're ready to learn it. And that's what I want to teach you today. Whatever you identify as hard which means even that's, again, we're applying what we are saying about kids. We go in, we have our agenda, but be flexible because if that's not your student's agenda, they're not ready, they don't wanna learn it. You walk into a class or or, um, uh, in service or whatever you're doing, it's like you have a plan and then it's like, but we can go whatever direction you guys need to go because if you take me in a direction, you're driving the boat, which means you're ready to learn it, which means you're leaving with, a way something that you're what you're ready to implement not what I want you to implement right
1: yeah I think I had it in my mind that like even if you look at that you know the boot camp poster which is beautiful and it's and we all love information it information on it there's way too much information on it and mm-hmm. in my head was I've only got so much space to say all the best practices that I have to share right <laughs> which, which but we love, by the why way. did I have to do it in one you know in one document not that it's it's bad or anything like that. I mean, it's only two years old, but, but even my thinking there has, has shifted, you know, Mm. I I think that all the best practices in the world are not going to help until your mindset is going to allow you to support all those best practices. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 And I think it's in
2: smaller chunks than we realize that it needs to be displayed, that it needs to be implemented, that it needs to be talked about, that it needs to be practiced. It's kind of one at a time. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, Lauren, we appreciate you talking through all of this with us because, I mean, even just during the conversation, I've learned a lot and thought about things a little bit differently. Um, And I I know that you're going to have that impact of that mentorship mentorship (laughs) impact that you want. And also selfishly, I'm glad you also have that presentation piece and your Pinterest and everything and getting all your information on um, social media, all that you do, you just must be really busy because <laughs> there's always something. Um, but know yeah, that
1: a little too busy, but helpful. the things that drive me, uh, you know, I like I mentioned some of the things that are annoying about me are things maybe that I'm particularly, you know, like also feed into what I'm good at. Right. Um, You know, I'm super techie and I like so the fact that I love Canva and then I've developed skills with Canva, but then wait, wait, I could use that for therapy. And Mm -hmm. so like I'm trying, um, I'm trying to use my strengths because I mean I've got plenty of weaknesses.
0: I mean, I can't add. Don't we all, but you know, I think your excitement for things. Yeah. Drives our excitement, right? Yeah. I got excited about Canva. I get excited about things that you're excited about and we appreciate that about you among other things, but so thank you for sharing your excitement for AT and AC and just the kids we work with.
2: And I always look forward to your next handout because it's always, it's always spot on and it's always um, print worthy, um, literally print like put it on your wall, not on not on your um, you know Facebook wall, like actually on your physical wall in your classroom, kind of stuff. So um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody's. They've come it a
1: very- long way though. I mean, remember the the original boot camp? The don't do this and yeah, do this. I mean, that was that was rough. <laughs> from you, know a what, persp- you know, from a graphic perspective, but. But I did understand that it, it needed to be
0: quick. Yeah, the concept was, yeah, is there, and we got it. yeah. Thank you.. Yeah. Well, we so really appreciate you. you. We know you're going
2: to continue yeah. to lead and change, and we, we're, we are here to um, to continue to follow. Um, but um, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for sharing your expertise. Thanks for all, everything that you give to the field and so freely and graciously.
1: My pleasure. I'll keep doing it.
2: (laughs) Thanks for coming on our podcast today.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me.